Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 155 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm Don Lark at Tank on Twitter slash X. Me joining today, Mr. Harrison Tar. Tar, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Getting ready to record the football segment before we watch basketball. Hashtag in 9 p.m. tip-offs. East Coast is horrid. The Eastern time zone is the worst, and I hate it. Uh, but I'm ready to talk Auburn ball, so let's jump right into Auburn football so we can make sure we can make tip-off here. Yeah, of course. Auburn has officially and finally named their new offensive coordinator as Hugh Freeze announced that Derek Nix will be the offensive coordinator for 2024 and so on and so forth. Uh, this is a guy who we were speculating for a long time about his announcement as the next offensive coordinator for at Auburn University, and it finally happened. No matter how much trolling came from Lane Kiffin, Derek Nix was inevitable to come to Auburn, uh, a guy who has been at Ole Miss since 2009. Spent a lot of time there, and uh, Lane was pretty confident that he was going to be able to keep him uh, on on his staff. I, I, I think extrovertedly confident that uh, that he was going to be able to keep him on his staff. And uh, clearly, Derek Nix wanted to work under the Hugh Freeze tenure and believes in what Freeze is doing in Auburn. So uh, now Auburn now has a guy that can clearly recruit, uh, especially with kind of working with what you got at Ole Miss. I know that you, I'm sure, picked some fights uh, with some Ole Miss fans on the Tuesday show that you uh, rocked out solo. Um, Dylan, uh, and, I, and I'm certain that, that all Ole Miss fans enjoyed the all six of you. Uh, but this is, uh, I mean, just keep building the narrative of, of Ole Miss having reasons to hate Auburn, and this is one of them. Uh, if you were, uh, if you just put yourself in their shoes, if uh, Ole Miss were to steal a coach from, from Auburn, uh, like this kind of move, uh, you would be pissed off too. Uh, so very, uh, very interesting move there. Good hire in terms of a guy that can get out and recruit. Also understands schematics, has worked under Lane Kiffin now for an extensive period of time. And obviously been around long enough, um, around the old, old Miss program long enough to have connections to Hugh Freeze part one. So not a shocking reunion, but also kind of one of those opportunities when you get to work for a boss that you really, really enjoyed working for, but you've gone off and gotten experience um, elsewhere and had other mentors and served as a mentee elsewhere. Serving under Lane Kiffin brings a great offensive mind in terms of play, playbook installation, playbook de- development, but most importantly, recruiting. And that's what we've been talking about the whole time here, Dylan, is that Auburn, in the wake of Cadillac Williams' departure, and also in their search for a new offensive coordinator after someone who must not well, – we're going to go and throw that in the do-not-be-named category uh, – has uh, left, left Auburn or been dismissed from the program, finding the guy that fits the mold um, and can help you with – playbook installation, player development, but most importantly, getting the guys in that you want to get in. You're running out of days that you can use personnel as an excuse. Hugh Freeze knows that just as well as anybody else. So, I mean, Derek Nix was the clear front runner for a long ter- long time. I guess uh, the person that most of us thought were going to come to Auburn and also that a lot of people wanted to come to Auburn. Uh, so uh, this feels like a good fit. Like we mentioned before, Dylan, uh, these aren't going to be make or break coordinator hires, but people are certainly watching. 
Yeah, and it's worth mentioning uh, Derek Nix will also be coaching the running backs as well. So he's going to be – he's not going to be calling the plays, uh, even though Lane Kiffin said he was. Don't listen to Lane Kiffin ever. Uh, you freeze will be calling the plays 2024. But Derek Nix will be more of a – be doing more, most of the recruiting while also coaching up the running backs. Uh, he uh, In Derek Nix's playing career, he was a Southern Miss Golden Eagle where he was the first ever Golden Eagle to rush for a thousand yards in each of his freshman and sophomore years uh, while he was there. Uh, and then while he was at Ole Miss, which started in 2009, Dexter McCluster became the first player in SC history with a thousand rushing yards and 500 receiving yards while being coached by Co- Derek Nix. I got to make sure I can't say Nix because right. that's the whole line of, of Auburn players with that last name. Uh, but he also helped coach Ole Miss having some of some of the best rushing attacks in the SEC throughout the uh, years he's been there. Uh, and, of course, since, he's, since he was at Ole Miss from 2008-2019, he was a running backs coach, 2020-2023, wide receivers coach. He also spent time as the assistant head coach and associate head coach because there's a difference between those two names. Yeah, I, I, sure. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, as a huge like pickup. We're giving you a air quote promotion, and we're just going to change your job titles to sound slightly more impressive. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. But a huge pickup, nonetheless. Uh, he freeze getting his guys coming in, uh, and someone he has a lot of uh, memories with uh, as time at Ole Miss, and also the fact that he freeze was a Southern Miss Golden Eagle himself uh, during his college days. So a lot of a lot of ties to Derek Nix. So it's going to be a lot of fun. See what Coach Nix can do for recruiting as well as coaching up these awesome running back room. Go ahead and give me a a coordinator higher grade here, Dylan. Uh, looking at some of the guys that he's brought in, uh, he's also, he's been the main recruiter for a five-star Jerry on Ely, the five-star from Ole Miss also brought in four-star Breland Speaks and four-star Jonathan Mingo, uh, who are all, uh, I believe Jerry, I don't know if Jerry on Ely is, but I know Breland Speaks and Jonathan Mingo are in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a solid, I'm going to give it a B, a straight up B. Uh, it's a guy who has ties to, to Hugh Freeze, uh, but I, I like the hire, and it's just I just I just don't know how I feel about a coordinator that doesn't call plays because I've always been skeptical of the coaches that only call plays because uh, I don't. When was the last time I play calling, uh, like coach has won the championship? Mm. I, I don't I don't think it's been in recent memory, uh, or at least not recent enough for me because I don't. Urban Meyer twenty fourteen wasn't calling those plays. Jimbo Fisher twenty thirteen. Fisher, may, may, I'm I'm running back through recent national champions. I mean, Joe Brady was calling plays at, at LSU, right? Yeah, but not Ogeron. Yeah, it wasn't Edo. Um, I think it's Fish. Did Urban call plays? No. Are we sure? Urban is a Nick Saban-esque coach. Okay. Not in terms of, like, like legacy, but. I'd have to think. Probably. I'd have to think on that. Uh, I don't. I, I think Jimbo would probably be the easiest. Answer. I don't think Dabo doesn't call plays. No. Nor obviously Kirby doesn't. He's a defensive guy. I don't really know what Dabo considers himself offensive. I think he just considers himself I, a, I, a disciple. But <laughs> um, which sounds probably sacrilegious, but like it's kind of true. He's uh, a Saban. He's a Saban disciple, isn't he? Or a Bama, he's a Bama disciple. Never mind. Yeah, he's yeah, he's not a Saban disciple. He's just a Bama alum. Alum. <laughs> Anyways, um, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that probably Jumbo Fisher would probably be the last time a, a head coach that called their own plays and uh, won a national championship. I'd have to really rack my brain on that, but uh, I'm with you. I'm going to go BB minus. Um, 
it's not one of those like knock you off your knock your socks off kind of moments. But you know, if this works for the system, it works for the system. Uh, obviously, what Hugh Freeze had going on going on at Ole Miss was tremendously successful um, both prior to his departure uh, in Oxford. So uh, if, if this is the connection that makes, uh, I guess, the, the missing puzzle piece for this coaching staff that kind of greases the, the the squeaky wheel, then, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. And obviously stepping up in the shoes of Cadillac Williams is not an easy task. That's an, that's another, like, an, an underrated position that it's, I don't want to be the person to follow Cadillac Williams in terms of player relationships. Uh, it's just tough. It's 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 tough to, to top a guy that clearly would go to war for his guys and vice versa. So uh, Derek Nix has got some – ground to make up and i'm not putting a ton of pressure on him but there should be some pressure on him in terms of getting in and establishing relationships with guys he's going to be working in day in day out with um, because they are used to a guy loving on them and and then pushing them and in a way that oh, quite frankly only cadillac williams can so you got to find your way to be Derek nicks but also you know fill that void that is uh, left by cadillac williams and that same note more uh, more auburn news ken austin promoted to quarterbacks coach dylan how are we feeling I feel pretty good. Uh, another guy who uh, Hugh Freeze brought in last year. I I assumed because I thought it was like a breaking news thing. I was like, oh, Ken Austin got promoted uh, to quarterback. I thought he was. I thought he was already the quarterbacks coach. That's what I've been hearing. But Ken Austin was the special assistant to the head coach slash a quality control guy for last year for the Auburn Tigers, and now has been promoted to an on field position as a quarterbacks coach. I like this a lot. Uh, it is his. Uh, pro- it's his what's the word I'm looking for? It's his profession is developing quarterbacks his alongside Hugh Freeze. His check, yes. Uh and a guy again that Hugh Freeze, who's also known quarterback whisperer, is also very close to and very mindful of, and they share the same same brain when it comes to coaching up quarterback quarterbacks. I think it's a good promotion. I think it fits the Hugh Freeze mold very well. Uh it's and it's always something I'm I'm not as hesitant about because I've always been one that's very vocal against hiring coordinators within the program or from within the program. Uh, but I think position coaches, I think it works out pretty well. You get a guy who is already pretty known for uh, for being on the staff and was also a big helper in recruiting, especially for guys like Walker White, who has came out and even spoke out that uh, uh, spoke for Ken Austin's ability to coach. So I think it's a pretty good promotion, uh, but. As long as it's not, I'm just always against coordinators being promoted from within the program. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you. So, kind of moving forward. Uh, congratulations to Ken Austin and Derek Nix. Welcome to the Plains, Ken Austin. Congratulations on your promotion slash job title change. This sports staff and, and coaching staff is, is done. It's full. Correct? Question mark. I, I believe so. Well, I, I every every time I turn around, there's a new made up position. So, well, I, as far as I'm aware. Uh, they named Charles Kelly as the co-defensive coordinator. So I don't know if they're trying to look for one more guy to fill up that that front seven uh, like position. But everything else is pretty filled up. Linebackers coach, DB's coach is going to be McGriff. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, that is the staff thus far, unless they take that if they don't take the co off of Charles Kelly's uh, name. I'm trying to look up the coaching staff as we speak to see. Yeah, we'll, we'll feel that work where it works out. Speaking of that defensive backs room, uh, you, you mentioned just a second ago, uh, Alabama transfer Antonio Kite, former four star, or is it Kite? Uh, I'm going to say Kite until he does what Amaris uh, Williams does and sends a little like the audio, the Twitter audio posts and like says, "Tall y'all media people out there, it's Kite or Kite." I, I'm yeah. just going to go with Kite. Okay, um, Antonio Kite. So yeah, here's the big news. In the wake of, and this is going to kind of tr- 
move into uh, a second uh, second part that's going to talk a little bit about Alabama for a second, then we'll rotate back to Auburn. Uh, but in the midst of what feels like a mad mass exodus uh, from the University of Alabama program in terms of transfers out, I mean, this is the most we've seen in a maybe ever from Alabama. I mean, you, you see that every year with depth pieces moving moving their way elsewhere. But specifically here, uh, Alabama transfer and former four star Antonio Kite's going to be adding. One year of experience and one year coaching, uh, excuse me, one year of uh, practicing under head coach Nick Saban to the Plains. Uh, he entered the portal and committed to, to Auburn and signed to Auburn today as we're recording this yesterday as the show's coming out. Dylan, this is uh, this is kind of starting, feels like uh, the beginning of what can move the needle uh, for, for Auburn in terms of the Iron Bowl specific, right? Uh, I, I mentioned uh, you, you, you put on the rundown the downfall of Alabama. Let's just pump the brakes there because I still think they got a hell of a football coach. And and DeBoer, but this does feel like something that could be the beginning of an, of, of, of a needle movement in terms of not just guys transferring from Alabama to Auburn, but guys transferring out of the University of Alabama uh, as, as there is in any kind of coaching segue. And we've mentioned it time in, time, uh, time out, that I would not want to be the guy following Nick Saban, but as it is anywhere in a coaching turnover situation, you're going to have players leave. A lot of these guys committed to go play for the greatest coach in the history of the game. Uh, it's uh, not hard to understand why they want to be looking elsewhere. They committed to a guy that, you know, they either didn't foresee retiring at the end of this year, regardless of wherever they're at in their collegiate careers, especially, like I said, for uh, Antonio Kite. Uh, but regardless, wanted to go spend as much time as they could um, playing underneath them. And you know what? At some point, sorry, Auburn fans, I get it. Uh, dude put out NFL talent. Uh, he produced NFL talent. Um, so. That's uh, something interesting to keep an eye on there, Dylan. I'm not ready to say the downfall of, of, of Alabama yet. Uh, well, uh, with the entering of the portal of one Caleb Downs, and uh, I'm trying to remember all of the ones who left today because it was a lot. I knew Proctor uh, entered the portal. Uh, Amari Neblack entered the portal. Uh, there's, there's a good – I think it's 20 – there's been 21 players since the start of the year that have entered the portal or have declared for the draft that are either a first or a second string player from that starting uh, lineup. My, it's not, it's less about the downfall than it is the fact that it just seems to be a, the leaks coming out of the dam. You're just in there waiting for it to happen. It's I'm the not, anticipation of the downfall. I'm not ready to go there yet. Uh, I do certainly think that this makes things interesting uh, in terms of talent comparison uh, as we approach uh, the 2024 season and uh, seeing where Auburn winds up uh, against stacked up against Alabama. Once again, I will reiterate, folks, Alabama will still have more talent on that roster, at least in 2024. We'll see how that impacts 25 and beyond. Uh, I'm not saying that Auburn's out of the picture for moving that needle. Uh, going forward that I'm just telling you that it's not going to happen in a one-year transition. It, a lot of guys are going to have to feel out and see if, if DeBoer is going to be the, the right guy for them um, at, at the University of Alabama because a lot of these guys want to play at a storied program as well. I mean, hell, there is not a more storied program. I'm sorry to Michigan and Ohio State fans. There is not um, a more storied program. Yelling Harvard fans over there, though. There. Yeah, they're really they're – really, yeah, <laughs> But I, I will say it to Antonio Kite, uh, a guy who who's – He's a what's the word I'm looking for? He didn't get a lot of playing time in Alabama. Definitely right. a, pro, a project, or not so much a project, but a guy that you're basing his potential on. Right. Uh, he's a four star. He was seen by uh, most recruiting analysts as a guy who could go like day three of the draft. 
Uh, needs to put on some weight. I, I don't know how much weight he's put on since the last time he got weighed at Alabama. He was 6'1", 182. Uh, athletic guy was on punt returns. Uh, special teams mostly uh, throughout his time at Alabama. But I definitely think it's a guy who, in, in a very inexperienced secondary, could find his way into a rotation of sorts just because yep. of his the talent that he possesses. And on that about, note. <laughs> On that note of an inexperienced secondary and an experienced back end of this defense, let's let's talk a little bit about Donovan Kaufman uh, and his decision to leave along with Cam Riley. Uh, Dylan, I know that you mentioned, um, I think you put it in the War Report group, group chat, you were a little surprised by DK's decision. Uh, Cam Riley, obviously a lot of us expected to, to make his way out of the program, just didn't feel like a puzzle piece that fit together. Um, and it felt like when you need four corner pieces, but you wind up having five somehow, that feels like kind of where you're at with Cam Riley. Uh, Donovan Kaufman, though, a piece that we expected to get meaningful snaps a lot. I mean, I mean to play a significant role on this defense on the back end in, in 2024. How does that impact Auburn's depth uh, on that, in that secondary? Well, so we were going into this season looking at a potential uh, Keontae Scott, Kyan Lee, and Donovan Kaufman front secondary the corners and the star position and then they're back you're just wondering what you're going to do there and i think that's going to be jaron thompson and laquan robinson right. uh jaron from texas and laquan from the from the juco ranks uh but now you're looking at it like dang donovan kaufman came in after keontae scott and that position never skipped a beat and now you're looking at like well who are you going to go to and i think you're going to look at jd rim I, yep. I think is your potential to to take him over because he was he was the one who stepped in whenever Keontae and Donovan both got hurt in like right. what back to back games or back to back yes. plays. It was something along those lines where you just missed out on both those guys. Uh, but yeah, Donovan, it, it surprised me. Uh, a because I didn't know how much eligibility he had left, and then B, uh, it just seemed like a guy who he was going to get PT, uh, like uh, starting PT at that. Uh, it just was very shocking, and and I it does hurt the experience of it. But I do think that JD Rim, what we've seen from him and the potential that he has, uh, I think he has the potential to be better uh, than DK, especially size wise as well, because you know it, it does help to be a little bit taller or bulkier than the guy you're tackling. Sure. Uh, but Cam Riley, on the other hand, I wasn't too surprised with the Cam Riley transferring. No, I wasn't either. Uh, it was a guy who, alongside Wesley Steiner, every year it seemed like this should be the year they develop. This should be the year that they step up. This should be the year that we see something out of them. This should be the year that we do this and do that and they do this. Cam Riley never did. Uh, a guy who, along like a taller and uh, I, you're going to hate this, a taller Owen Papo in terms of his ability to be an athletic guy, a guy who could fit in anywhere. Right, I do hate this, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I knew it. <laughs> but a guy who was a, probably one of the faster linebackers on the team. He was the most athletic linebacker on the team uh, last year. But every time he stepped on the field, it just didn't seem like he knew the plays. He It's like he didn't – he couldn't make those plays. You're in the headlights. Exactly. Uh, on the year, he only had 31 tackles, two and a half sacks, and a pass deflection. And I, I remember a lot of those plays where I looked down and I saw a big play get given up. I, I saw a number 13 covering him or and missing a play, missing a missing a, just a, a play in coverage. I, I'm not surprised. I know he's a talented player. He is very athletic, and that's going to make someone very happy. 
but it just never panned out at Auburn. And I do hope that Wesley Steiner doesn't have any more eligibility left. I know I've been very vocal about my <laughs> his inability to develop at all, uh, but I do think this makes Auburn's linebacker room better uh, by proxy. I think you're right, um, and and it's just kind of one of those things that wish you the best with the change of scenery. Sometimes that's what it takes uh, for a lot of guys uh, to kind of move in that direction and see circa Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, like yeah, to get your get your opportunity to actually go and just be in a different scheme. Something that works differently for you. Um, Auburn's scheme clearly was not for Cam Riley. Um, and uh, you're wishing him the best going forward. So that's going to wrap up our football segment. We will be back here in just one second. Before we do so, I'm going to read our, give our ad read and then we'll hit pause, Dylan. Otherwise, it's going to just screw up the entire scripting of the show and it just doesn't make any chronological sense for us to do whatsoever. So I'm going to remind you guys before we hit pause and we'll come back and we're going to time travel into the future. Um, <laughs> I'm projecting Auburn like 83 to 61. So we'll see how close that is. Um, and I'll let you know how, how close I hit the nail on the head. I think I said uh, 85 to 71. I think that's what I said. 85, 70. I think that's what I said. Okay. I, I, yeah. Well, we, we, you talked about this already and this game's already happened by the time the show comes out. So I'm just going to get into the ad <laughs> read and let everybody know that if you want to support the college loop podcast, if you're watching on the YouTube stream, the number one way you can do it is hit like subscribe and ring the bell right here on the college loop channel. Just drop us another subscribe so we can move our way toward 800 subscribers on the, the YouTube channel. Drop a comment on this show. Give us your, your feedback and your thoughts on Derek Nix and Ken Austin, along with, if you think that Antonio Kite's transfer decision uh, can start to move the needle for Auburn and maybe sway some guys from the school from across the state. Very interested to get y'all's feedback and things of that nature. Give us your thoughts on what we're about to recap here in just a moment when we get out of this ad break. The Auburn at Vanderbilt road basketball game. We'll see if Auburn wins that one. I'll let you know here in just a minute. And Anything in between, can Auburn women's basketball get the job done against a very, very good Vanderbilt team as well? They honestly should have booked the same team hotel, just put it on the same card because these teams are playing <laughs> back-to-back days on the road in Nashville, up in a snowy Nashville, might I add. Um, very cold up there. Uh, anyways, if, if you guys are not watching on the YouTube stream, make sure you head over. If, if you're Excuse me. If you're not watching on the YouTube stream, you're listening on one of our streaming platforms. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Make sure you give us five stars, thumbs up, share the show with a friend so we can continue to grow the College Loop family, the Loopers. You guys are the best in the business. If you want to continue to show, show support of the show, this one's going to cost you a little bit of money, but you'll get some extra sweet drip. It's going to be the College Loop Warport Podcast Network, co-branded Feeling Loopy T-shirt. comes in five different colorways. Available only at thewarport.com. That's www.thewarport.com. On sale for $25, five different colorways. If you don't feel like putting the link into your Search bar, that's all right. We dropped the link on the description for any of our shows on whatever platform you're on. So we can head over there and grab your very own Feeling Loopy t-shirt. Once you pick up your shirt, make sure you go on whatever social media platform makes you happy and use hashtag Feeling Loopy. That's Feeling Without the G, Feeling Loopy, and send us a selfie of yourself or a picture of your dog wearing your Feeling Loopy t-shirt. We'll make sure we throw it up on the very next show or stream, whatever comes next. We will be right back. We're going to time travel. In five, four, three, two. We'll now rock and roll and get right back into Auburn basketball right here on the college loop. Before we took our little step away so Dylan and I could go watch the Auburn game as we were recording this, I did say, I think, 83-61. Your final score, Auburn Tigers 80, Vanderbilt 65. I wasn't that far off. I was in the right ballpark, gave the Tigers a couple of extra, an, an extra bucket and gave a couple, uh, I guess, short change Vanderbilt a couple, uh, a pair, a pair of buckets, but here we are, and welcome to the Jay Will Show, if you will. Jalen Williams rounding out this evening's victory, or yesterday evening as the show's coming out, there, the Tigers' victory, with 21 points. Mind you, had 17 going into the locker room. 
this is just one of the stat lines of all time. And I say I'm not I usually say that in a sarcastic manner. Um, seven of seven from the field, two for two of th- uh, from three, five from f- uh, five of five from the stripe. And then paired that with a total of eight rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, and only had one foul and one turnover. Jalen Williams gets better by the game, Dylan. And this is just another uh, textbook showcase. I'll be honest with you. At no point did this game ever feel like Auburn was not going to win this ballgame, even early when it was a little bit back and forth. Um, I mean, that's just part of – that's SEC basketball. I mean, the the league's never been better. Uh, Just just a statement of fact. Kind of put – Vanderbilt in the rear view after the under under 12 in the first half and did not look back at one point went on their own 22 to two run uh, the inverse I think it was, I think it was 27 to two, 27 to six something all something crazy yeah I, I know at one point it was 20 I, I was it was an LSU callback at one point it was 22 to two run and uh, so they had their own little run and then defended it uh, you're seeing Auburn win in different ways again uh, the, the group shot uh, fine from three points today 32 percent you want to see those numbers bump up a little bit eight to 25 uh, from 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 deep uh, from as a collaborative effort Aiden Holloway started out furious out the gate again uh, dropped to uh, 10 points of his own on the evening had a pair of really good threes and then a couple of pretty bad takes and then a couple, couple of pretty good takes that young man's still trying to figure things not figure things out but try to really get his footing and and understand the nature of, of this level in this league. Uh, only one assist on the stat sheet for Mr. Holloway today, but still his plus minus is incredible. And and then and he makes plays on the on the floor, Dylan. Speaking of Dylan's, Dylan Cardwell, another standout athlete this evening. Four of seven from the field with one of the dumbest dunks I've ever not even it's not even a dunk. That was just floating the ball in with stuff. Count it. It's like, you know, like Count it. the Toy Story reference. You know, this isn't flying, it's falling with style. That's pretty much how that was uh for for, for Dylan Cardwell. But Four or four from the charity stripe. I mean, he's getting to be a really consistent free throw shooter, which is unbelievably uh, valuable. Six rebounds on, on the stat sheet and uh, just one personal foul with a pair of blocks. I mean, this group is just playing to the best uh, to 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 the tune of their own uh, their own beat, if you will. They're playing their brand basketball. They're not getting away from it. They're getting a little three happy as they kind of get out in, in front, which does need to clean up coming down the stretch because you can't stray away from from your game. But all in all, Dylan, I don't really don't have a lot of grievances from this one. Yeah, and I mean, let me talk about Jay Will. Jay Will had his second perfect game of the season, where he did not miss a single field goal, three pointer, or free throw throughout the entire game. The first one being against Chattanooga on December thirtieth, where Auburn won one hundred and one to sixty six, where he put up he went nine for nine, two for two from the three point line, and only shot one free throw and twenty one points in that game. And then he turned around against SEC competition, seven of seven. Two for two, five for five, eight rebounds, three assists, one block, one steal, and 21 points for Mr. J. Will himself. Uh, it was all around great effort. Uh, you have guys who are really showing out their what their role is on this team with Chaney Johnson and Simo. They're not going to be your guys who are going to light up the box score with their points. They're going to be the ones that are getting those blocks, steals, rebounds. That's what they're there for. Uh, not to be too flashy. It was a lot of fun to see Leor Berman kind of step back and take a nice little tray ball. Yeah, wide um, open in the corner. A nice little Leor five point game, if I do say, which is always a Ten Tigers. Time. Ten Tigers uh, got on the stat sheet in the, in the scoring column, by the way, this evening. Um, ten. I mean, granted, it's rounded out by KD, who only had two, and I believe I think Simo also had a deep two. I thought it was a three. He needed. He needs to see a three ball go through the rim more than anybody in the world right now. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, even even that, all things considered, 
four Tigers in double figures, team effort. Uh, by far, I mean, obviously, Jay will show tonight, the, the, this evening, but a lot of that was feeding the hot hand in the first half and then finding other ways to score in the second half. Tonight, Broom doing what he does on the boards. Uh, he, that guy's incredible. Um, and, and it's worth mentioning this is like the first game in a hot minute where Chad Baker Mazzara didn't get in double figures and it just wasn't needed the night. Uh, and that's what you always, if, if you could have your, like fifth and sixth best players on this team step up whenever your third best player isn't getting buckets. And that's just grounds for a great team uh, overall. Cause I mean, just watching Dylan Cardwell get a career high in points, watching Janai Broom get his seventh double double of the season. And then of course you have Aiden Holloway getting those double figures very late in the game. I think he had, I think he had like eight for the longest time. And then he finally got like a, or he got seven or eight. Then he had a trade ball or, or a deep two or something at the end of the game. But I mean, overall, uh, Auburn just took care of business and that's exactly what we expected them to do. This, this is a nice little break week. Uh, no, don't say that yet. Okay. I'm not. All right, Cause I was actually going to jump in real quick and just, just go ahead and give you guys a quick rundown uh, about the Flanagan revenge game on Saturday. Um, you're looking at the the Auburn Tigers are four zero in the SEC. There's only one other undefeated team in the SEC. It also happens to reside in the state of Alabama. That is the Alabama Crimson Tide, Nate Oates and company. They're going to take. They're going to. They're going to do battle next Wednesday. But beforehand, Auburn's got as it stands right now a top twenty five matchup with with Ole Miss. Ole Miss obviously dropping a game this evening, yesterday as this show's coming out against LSU in a game that Ole Miss quite frankly should have won. Um, just just being honest with you. There are a handful of, of names to look out for uh, in this uh, Ole Miss rotation. I mean, they're going to go three, six, eight deep uh, in, in terms of meaningful minutes, 15 plus. And then you, they'll have a couple of other guys they'll pull off the bench. It starts with Matthew Murrell. Uh, Murrell. He's averaging 17-3, and he, but he's playing like 34 and a half minutes a game. Uh, let's let's not be, I'd be remiss to leave that out. But uh, the guard shooting 40% from the uh, from from deep doesn't doesn't sling the rock up a lot, but accurate when he does. There's another familiar name on this on this stat sheet that's going to be a gentleman that I'm going to spotlight. And I think that it's not un- unrealistic for me to say that this game is going to kind of wager on Auburn's ability to shut down Alan Flanagan, which is a wild concept to come out of anybody's mouth from Auburn and say, oh, Auburn needs to <laughs> shut down Alan Flanagan because Alan Flanagan did a great job of doing that on his own the past couple of years. Um, the former Auburn gar- guard played four years at Auburn, graduated from Auburn, uh, and obviously followed his dad, Wes, over to Ole Miss when Wes was added to the Ole Miss staff. Is averaging 16.3, 32.2 minutes a game, shooting 37% from behind the arc, almost 80% at, uh, on his free throws, th- 43% from the field, and he's not turning the ball over. About two times a game uh, on, on average. It'll just, it just bumped up after this after tonight because that Ole Miss, and, excuse me, the LSU defense was stifling for no reason um, tonight. Uh, so things like this happen. Dylan. There's not a doubt in my mind that Auburn is clearly better than Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is quickly getting exposed for having a cupcake of a non-conference schedule. Um, let's let's not pretend that Ole Miss is not ahead of schedule in the rebuild. They absolutely are. Kermit left that thing in a mess, and and, and that group's really get putting putting things together. But this one's going to be it's going to mean a lot to Alan Flanagan. It's going to mean a lot to West Flanagan. That's going to be a personal personal uh, clash on the on the hardwood, uh, and then that's going to be at Neville Arena. What does Auburn need to do to not look ahead to the biggest game to this point on the schedule um, in, in Alabama next week and take care of business that's in front of them against Ole Miss? 
Well, we've seen this issue with Auburn teams before where it just seems like they're looking ahead to the next game. So really, you just need to stay in the moment. Stay true to your brand of basketball and play how you want to play. This game is in Neville Arena. It's going to be a home game. So that means you stay level-headed. You, the roster heavily favors Auburn. And if and Ole Miss is, is leaning on three guys, uh, really four, who are playing 30 minutes a game. Auburn, Auburn doesn't have that issue. Auburn has 10 dudes who are all playing like twenty, the 15 to 20 range who are getting the job done and getting, you know, 10, 10 point wins in a row. And you stay level-headed. You're playing great basketball. Just don't get too full of yourself and take care of business over a team that you should beat and keep that streak alive. Sums it up perfectly, my friend. I, uh, I, I don't really have anything to expand on that front other than I think you absolutely nailed it. Um, just make sure you stay in the moment, play your brand of basketball, and get ready to head to the airplane hangar next week and take on Alabama and T-Town in a matchup uh, that I think that is favorable for Auburn for the same reason I think this weekend is favorable for Auburn. Out-rotate teams. Make sure you have fresh legs, play your brand, and, and don't, don't let the moment get too big. Auburn by 20 against Ole Miss. I like Auburn kind of higher scoring. I, I like Auburn like 84, 8471, 8470, 8470 flat. Um, give them give 85, 65. Okay. That's, I, got, yeah. I, got, I got the glasses on, you know. Those glasses really scare me. Anyways, we're going <laughs> to pivot over to Auburn women's basketball. They're taking a trip up to Nashville. They're already there once again uh, this evening. They're in attendance to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. And we've got a running theme of Auburn connections and players to watch. And it starts with none other than Jordan Cambridge, sister of one Devin Cambridge. I've been waiting for so long to talk about this. Did you realize that? I did not, dude. Yep, that is Devin Cambridge's little sister, Jordan Dude, she leads like three categories. She she averages 14-6 a game. She's playing uh, 33.8 minutes. Four, four and a half, steals. almost almost five five assists, four steals, uh, not turning the ball over much, shooting forty percent from the field, thirty five almost thirty five percent from three, and shooting seventy eight percent of her free throws. Shutting down Jordan Cambridge, it comes down to the guards. It comes down to honesty, Scott Grayson. It comes down to the rest. Uh, I'm drawing a complete blank here. Hi, Sydney Shaw. Thank you, Caitlin Duhon. Locking down. I almost I tried to say Caitlin Shaw and Sydney Duhon. That's not how that works. Sorry, guys. Uh, making sure that you're buckling up and playing the Coach J brand of defensive basketball where you're locking down the guards and getting teams uncomfortable. This Don't group, forget SEC Co-Player of the Week, honestly, Scott Grayson. Honestly, Co-Player of the Week, honestly, Scott Grayson. That's right, way to plug that in there. And <laughs> This Vanderbilt team's going to try to knock the ball down from three. They're shooting just under 34%, so they're one in three. One in three chance that the ball's going in uh, if, they're, if they're putting it up in the hands of their shooters and in their guards. So that's a fun little Auburn connection for you. Auburn's, Auburn's heading on the road. Let's not forget the, that that part that adds an element of challenge. Vanderbilt falls out of the top 25 after last week. This is a 16-2 and Vanderbilt team that's looking to be in the top third of the SEC at the end of the season, Dylan. How does Auburn get it done? I'm still in awe of a Cambridge shooting above 30% from the three-point line. That's just a wild thing. To... Did you just forget that he had a, a very good year at Arizona State? Yeah, he did, but I, I cannot ignore the – the Auburn the, years. Other, other than the two bad years he had, he also had two really good years. You're right. Um, you're right. I just I can never get the image of him just 
the the brick hurtled around the world wherever he just full full power no accuracy whatsoever just hit the rim when he was shooting three percent from 33 from, from from three range three point range three percent <laughs> yeah yeah uh but i'm looking at jemima mingo young uh she's had a very good couple couple of stretches in uh the season uh she's second on team in points she's leading the team in assists uh she's right behind Taylor collins in terms of rebounds uh, and she's shooting the ball very well from a three-point line. She was a huge factor in defensively why Auburn was able to take down and shut down LSU, uh, especially towards the end of the game when she got that key steal from uh, Angel Reese. Uh, I think it relies on her, her shoulders. Uh, give give Vanderbilt, give another SEC, SEC team a reason to be afraid of hyphens. You know. Agree. Yeah, and. Uh... An op- a golden opportunity here, like I said, Vanderbilt out of the AP top 25. A lot of polls have them as high as 24. I'm looking right here in front of me at a handful of them. The RV polls got them at 24. Um, so just depending on where you want to look, when you want to look at it. Auburn with the opportunity for back-to-back top 25 wins. We're going to go ahead and count that. I mean, we've always said that the RV polls the best at ranking Vanderbilt. Just, exactly. just being honest, we've always said that Vanderbilt women's basketball. Uh, before you play host to Alabama on Sunday in the, a long-ass drought of not beating the tide in women's hoops nine nine straight games see if the see if Auburn can snap it before it gets to double digits as their season pro- progresses and coach Jay and company try to flip the script and actually write the ship get the narrative uh, back in their favor rounding out we'll say Sunday at two o'clock playing Alabama tickets are six dollars pack the, the nav. nav yep I'm on the same page Go support women's hoops. Help them break the streak. They've got the confidence. Help them break that losing streak against Alabama. A couple other housekeeping things before we get out of here and let you guys enjoy the rest of your evening and let us enjoy the last 29 minutes we have of the day. Um, before the <laughs> well, clock I have an right, hour. I have an hour and 20 seconds. That must be nice. Before the clock strikes right. midnight here on the East Coast. Auburn baseball just put, is putting in a new outfield gravel deck. That's really, really exciting. Looks like it's going to be still GA, just like it was for the student jungle. Also for general admission, if you're swinging by and you don't want to grab tickets inside and you want to experience the outfield atmosphere, Operation Atmosphere is a total success. Not, Don't forget that they've got the behind the home plate club, or excuse me, club level now. Um, so very excited to see that. And then in 2025, we'll be unveiling the Green Monster seating in an additional um, first base plaza. Um, very exciting renovations to Plainsman Park in I guess uh, the way I was headed with this uh, for a program that Butch Thompson has headed in the absolute correct direction. Um, go ahead, Dylan. I was say, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see where, see all that. Cause uh, what, the, what that crazy part of the state of the, of the stadium needed was elevated seating. So I can watch the coconut Brockhead climb the fence yet again, uh, yeah. but this time from a higher altitude uh, make it easier for him. Yeah, so. perfect. Yeah, so that he can just catapult himself on the field. That'll be great. <laughs> Auburn softball, D1 softball's got Auburn softball at 19. Um, coming into the season, ranked number 19. I'll be honest, I don't love that. Uh, I kind of wanted this, this team to start in the low 20s or unranked uh, coming into the season because – You can really I'm, just pick your pick your ranking. They're anywhere from 19 to 23, I think. Yeah, I, I like the – I mean, listen, we've always said D1 softball is the best at ranking Auburn because I'm just being wrong here. Um, but we've always said that uh, the D1 softball is the best at ranking Auburn on the year of, uh, in the year of our Lord 2024 before the season begins. So, Auburn softball checking in there. Going to have a gauntlet of a slate. Welcome to the SEC. Welcome to the toughest league in the country, period. Um, it's If you can get out of it alive 
And by alive, I mean just healthy and above 500, you're in good shape then after conference play. Getting even tougher in the year 2025. Yeah, it's only going to get tougher when you add Texas and Oklahoma. So buckle up, folks. This is about to get weird. Auburn Gymnastics checks in at number 12 in the, in the NCAA rankings this week. So every spring sport not named women's basketball, as of right now, ranked in the AP, top, uh, AP or NCAA or some form of accredited poll, top 25. <laughs> It's going to be a fun spring on the Plains. Very, very excited to see how this progresses. And and we'll see. Who knows? If Auburn basketball, women's basketball can pull off a couple of wins, they may find themselves sneaking into that top 25 rather quickly, especially if you pull off a road win at Vanderbilt and take down Alabama. People are going to take notes um, if this team can get the ball rolling the way we think they possibly can. And I will say for gymnastics fans, if you've not got your tickets already, get those tickets. Because even if Auburn loses on Friday, you're watching Florida gymnastics, who is one of the blue bloods of the sport. So overall, a lot of fun to watch gymnastics, and it's a top top twelve matchup. Very it's storied program in the University of Florida, and a program at Auburn that is writing its own story as as time goes on. Right now, we are living the story of Auburn. Just gymnastics. just get the beam down. Yeah, just just send all the good vibes for the beam. That's that's all. That's all we ask. And the vault, you know, let's split it. Some okay vibes going to those two. I, I don't. I never doubt the bars or the floor. I just really need the beam and the vault to pick send it up. The, send the vibes to where we can help build the narrative. So that being said, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. That's all we've got for the College League Podcast. I've got a hiccup that I'm going to try to fight through the ad read. When the hiccup comes, it's just going to happen. So y'all just buckle up. There it is. All right. <laughs> and we can roll in. If you're watching on the YouTube stream, make sure you hit subscribe, like this video, drop a comment. Ring the bell so you can stay up to date with everything going on right here at the College League Podcast and at the War Report Podcast Network. We can keep you guys filled with hashtag Auburn, hashtag content as the days, months, and years go by. Thank you guys for continual love and support. If you're not watching on the YouTube stream, totally fine. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us anyways. We appreciate you. Give us a like, a thumbs up, five star, whatever the highest rating is on your streaming platform of choice. Share the show with a friend so we can continue to group, grow. I said group, grow the College Loop family the loopers are the best listeners in the country that has been scientifically proven if you want to further support the show you can head over to the warreport.com pick up your very own college loop war report podcast network co-brain and feeling loopy t-shirt comes in five different colorways most comfortable t-shirt you'll ever own once you pick up your own feeling loopy t-shirt which you can grab from the link in the description from any of our shows you don't have to type in the search bar we always have it hot linked right below the show make sure you use hashtag feeling loopy that's feeling without the g using a cell and send us a selfie on whatever Social media platform makes you feel the happiest, whatever you use the most. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I'm Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter and on the Bird app. On the Bird app and Twitter, it's the same thing. Twitter on Instagram. I'm just, my brain is everywhere right now. Twitter and on Instagram. So you guys can hang out with me. Some of your good takes, your bad takes, anything in between. Tell me how your day is going. Can't wait to hear from you guys. Love every single one of you guys. Once again, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Dylan, let's get out of here. Of course, I'm Dunk Tank on Twitter slash X. I did forget to mention the football segment that Robbie Ashford had transferred to South Carolina. Uh, I'll probably do it's like, like old little, news now. Yeah, uh, but Sunday live stream. I'll go ahead and say it. if y'all get like if we get 50 likes on the live stream on Sunday, I will buy a Robbie Ashford South Carolina jersey. I'm you're, farming. You're, you're so farming. Weird for that. <laughs> uh, but of course, follow me on Twitter at you boy tank at y a b o i the tank. Also on Instagram as well at Dylan Lark at d y l e n l e r c k. Also, follow me right here on the College Loop. Just like, comment, subscribe. Uh, leave your comments how you think Derek Nix is going to perform as the offensive coordinator at Auburn, whether that just be if he ever gets a chance to play call or just his recruiting prowess, whichever one you want to go with. 
Uh, and of course, you also have us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, The Works, all of those at The College Loop. And if you want to get the audio versions of the show, you can do that as well on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course, Amazon Music. And of course, with all of that being said, this has been The College Loop Podcast. Love you guys. Thank you.